2: Hello, America, and every other country out there right now that could possibly be
1: listening to this episode. You covered all the bases. Yeah, Hello. T-
2: I started it off, you know, like it was going to be the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, good, bye, good afternoon, America. But then I was stand like,
1: to pledge allegiance to the flag.
2: You don't have to. It's no. a stupid
1: flag. It's a stupid pledge. It's just what it is. Who thought of flags as like a concept?
2: That's a... Ooh, that's I good. I
1: imagine it's just, like, for ships or something. Yeah, it's like, something. you
2: need to see who's coming here first. I, I, Flags yeah.
1: are literally so you know who to kill. Yeah. That's fucked. Don't pledge allegiance to that shit. You could
2: just have a different flag and get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> With that out of the way, we yeah. are starting a cult again on this beautiful Friday afternoon.
1: It's true, that's grand I'm Jake, and Navi is in a box behind us, the box from this new high-tech-ass desk you got.
2: It's true, yeah, we... uh
1: Navi the dog.
2: We're still in the midst of trans... Uh, tr- what do you call it? Uh, tr-
1: transferring?
2: Yeah, transferring over...
1: we're doing all of it.
2: To the new location, and right now uh, we have a, a wonderful desk. It's it's pretty fucking great. It's got like chargers on it. Uh, it's got goes up and down. It goes fucking wherever you it's want to go. It's a touch
1: screen desk. Yeah, it's pretty this sick.
2: motherfucker has a touch screen desk. It's pretty sick. Um... But yeah, we're currently using pieces of luggage to hold the microphones because the we, uh, desk
1: is too thick.
2: Yeah, so we're you know we're in the process. We're getting things done. We're finding figuring what we it need.
1: out. You know, we just roll with the punches and then we record.
2: But we are here. We're hanging out. Uh, we got the puppy behind us. He's just enjoying our presence.
1: He's been nipping at his back leg there a while.
2: Yeah, he's a nipper. That's what he does. He, he loves, he loves, to loves nip. the nips. Um. But today, we are not talking about lovely dogs and how they like to nip at things and possibly bark at their own tails.
1: Or possibly move around sometime throughout this episode, because that might happen. There's still a lot of packet peanuts in that box. Oh, yeah, so if you hear It might be loud.
2: If you do happen to hear some crinkling, don't worry, it's just him. Uh, Chances are he'll be asleep, unless uh, somebody shows up at the house. Then he's going to be on the move, like like none other.
1: No, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Anyway, uh so we left off last week talking about the one and only John Wayne Gacy.
2: That we did. Gacy. It was not a uh it was not a wholesome topic,
1: you know. I wouldn't say.
2: But no. believe it or not, that was probably the most wholesome episode that he's going to get cuz it's just going to get weirder and worse from here on out.
1: It's going to get real bad. Really but, bad.
2: We're talking about the chubby man himself. I love the fact that he's a fat guy. Um, it really why <laughs> I, to me why, why? it separates him because it's like okay, everybody know yeah we did Ed Kemper before. Uh, he's a you know he's a chubby guy, but he kind of like,
1: turned into a fat guy. He was a pretty like slender. Tall, Frankenstein-looking motherfucker. Yeah, like, he he's just doing a his, big man. You his know? crimes, you know?
2: Gacy, not that he isn't a big man, because he's, he's red or large, but he's also very rotund uh, in the Willy Wonka sense. Who was that? Was that...
1: Augustus Gloop?
2: No, the one that got turned into the blueberry. It wasn't Veruca Soul. Oh, it was
1: uh, uh, Violet. Yeah. Because she was turning Violet.
2: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, he's very Violet-esque, where he's kind of like a roly-poly, you know? And I, I find it entertaining because you think of all the physical exertion it takes to do what he does, that's some stamina that this guy's got.
1: In some cases, but he does also find a lot of ways around physical exertion.
2: Well, that's probably why he's so rotund.
1: Probably. He's just avoiding it wherever he can.
2: But, uh, yeah, let's we'll, we'll just get into it. I think we're I'm good talking about rotund Gacy. You know, we get it. He's yeah. fat. Yeah. No, it's he really funny.
1: is. Dude, I saw a picture of uh, of Dahmer recently, and he, he was like one of the probably the only time he was ever at a beach. Really? And he didn't have a shirt on. He was just like a super skinny guy, but his arms were stupid enormous.
2: Yeah, that's what you're like, giving. You. You're a hacker, you know. You're just like I chop, guess. chop, 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 chop. God
1: damn! But anyway, uh, so yeah, well, Gacy, Gacy. Let's get into Gacy. So, we left off last week with John Wayne Gacy being released from prison after serving 18 months of his 10 year sentence mm-hmm. for molesting 15 year old Donald Voorhees.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I do want it to be stated um, as with many of our episodes that we do, you got to realize that the times were very different than they are now. And again, I'm not saying that no one in time has really condoned pedophilia. But it definitely wasn't taken as seriously as it is now. So the fact that he only served eighteen months—it's that—that wouldn't happen today.
1: I mean, he gave him a mini golf course. That is true. You he know, did do the, that. They'll probably sweeten the deal.
2: But that is—it's one of those things. It, it might be a question that you ask yourself: like, how could he only serve eighteen months? It's like, well, not that it wasn't a crime, but it was very. A lot of things were different. You it's
1: know? a broken system. It's—it's it's always been it. It still is.
2: Yeah, so we're, we're learning every day, and he just happened to be someone that got to kind of slip their greasy, wriggled fingers through the cracks and uh, get out.
1: He got out. He got out. But he lost everything, including his family. And uh, he was now, you know, right now he's on parole. In this point of the story, he's on parole. He was made to live with his mother in Chicago, and he was to observe a 10 p.m. curfew.
2: It seems like a very generous curfew for a guy that was raping kids. Yeah. Just to be like, all right, be home at 10. You know what
1: I mean? I mean, that's what, like... Like You can probably get away with a lot before 10 o'clock.
2: That's what kids that just got their driver's license, it's like, all right, be home by 10. It's like, oh, you raped a kid. Be home by 10, John. It's
1: like, as long as you obey curfew. But anyway, want to know the first thing he did after he got released from prison?
2: I, I can only imagine. I have a couple guesses. And I, I have a feeling they're going to be wrong. Uh, obviously, first and foremost, my mind goes to rape.
1: You're right. Yep. Okay. You're absolutely right. He attempts to rape a young boy at a Greyhound bus station. See, uh, yeah,
2: this should have been. The, if you needed a sign after this, right? If you even, even if you were a believer in the cause, you're like, he served eighteen months. I believe him. I believe he's going to change. This is the time where you tack on an extra, like, 10 to 15 years, and you're like, all right, no more parole for you, buddy.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But this was in Chicago, see? All right, so he's, he's in Chicago. Oh, Maybe. it's a big city Yeah, one. big big city rape is, yeah. what it, is what this was. But How uh, is
2: that not, like, the name of a movie?
1: Big city rape?
2: How is that not... That's got to be something.
1: I can think of a few reasons why that isn't a movie title. I mean, it's grossly. <laughs> it sounds like a trauma when they're just getting lazy. Yeah. You this, know what I mean? Like,
2: they didn't even put nuance on it. They're like, all right, it's just, this is what it's it is. Like, this
1: is just what it is. It's the entire thing. But uh, So what was interesting about this specific incident uh, where he tried to rape this young boy at a Greyhound bus station in Chicago is that he was arrested and taken to court immediately thereafter. But he was let off because apparently the young victim uh, failed to show up to court. Ooh. And he was never seen again.
2: How is that a technicality? He just disappeared. They get, they arrest you, and they're like, all right, we got you. You raped a kid. And it's like, ooh, well, he didn't come to share his side, so I guess you're free to go. Like, that's not how crime works.
1: It's like, no, you raped a guy. Like, why would the guy who got raped want to come to – either way – I don't know. There's a whole, there's a whole assume... bunch of mess of emotions around this, but it's some people speculate that uh, this young man was Casey's first murder victim, though he never admitted to it.
2: It very well could be. I will say that I know I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. I would probably venture a guess and say that he didn't do it. I'm not saying he didn't have some form of connection
1: to it. Didn't. Kill him or rape him? Because I think no, he, kill him, kill him. I think him, I'm he saying. definitely raped him. No, no,
2: no, that I'm not. I'm not saying. That. I'm. I don't think Gacy killed him. Only because, again, I mean, you. Know, everybody knows at this point that he does get caught, and it's like, usually that first one when you're opening up and admitting the crimes you did. Usually that first one is one that you're going to remember and probably talk about, you know? Yeah, and we'll and we get do, to that one. We'll get to we that We do one. get to that, so that's my thought is that I don't think that he personally did this. Yeah. Um.
1: By the way, side note, this is going to be a three-part thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah Definitely yeah. three parts.
2: Mm-hmm. Get ready. Get, strap in.
1: Ooh, it's bad. So uh, so, uh, yeah, some speculated it was the first murder. Now, this wasn't immediately after his release. He was released in June of 1970, and the Greyhound bus situation occurred in February of 71. Oh, but so still, there's a grace period. But still, you know, still. Um. So in the meantime, Gacy worked as a short order cook in one of Chicago's many fine restaurants while living with his mother. You know, it, And I could not find the name of the restaurant. I, I feel say... like they would not want that out.
2: No, I would venture to guess and say that whatever company or business it was, they want no part of him.
1: Can you imagine if it was like Pauly's Pizza in the South Loop where we went like every day at school? That'd be hilarious. That would thing. be so gross.
2: We had this guy <laughs> named John and we kept the recipe because he was so good at it. it would be like, well, there is one thing he did positive for this
1: oh, world. Good Lord. Pizza. Anyway, uh, so... It was just a few days over, a year after his release from prison in Iowa, that Gacy was charged with uh, another thing, right? Aggravated sexual battery after flashing a fake police badge to a young boy to lure him into the car. And then Gacy then forced the boy to perform oral sex.
2: Yeah, yeah, I get that. That That's, seems
1: like something yeah, he would do. It seems in his wheelhouse. Now, but, uh,
2: let me ask a rhetorical question here. Um, I'm chiming in as... I'm probably
1: uh, going to treat it as just a normal question.
2: Oh, no, I, I, I expect that. I want to know, what goes through these people's minds when they force someone to uh, perform oral sex... I don't even want to say blow them, because you know what? That's just degre- more degrading than
1: it already is. Yeah, so like you'd know what we're saying.
2: But my thought is this. If you're going to do something like this, if you are in John Wayne Gacy's shoes, right? He's like, I got this guy at gunpoint. I'm going to get him to do whatever I want.
1: Nope, not gunpoint. No guns. Oh, no gunpoint? He had a, he had a, he had a police badge, and that's it.
2: Oh, my bad. I, I, I no uh, guns. I misunderstood. But either way. It feels to me as if if you're going to force someone to do anything sexually putting your penis in their mouth seems like the last option because you you're giving all the control to them. You we saw this I'm with
1: saying? Bob Berdella. You got like the head of his dick almost nipped off.
2: Exactly. Like now like, back
1: there nipping at his legs.
2: You got to understand that. I I don't get that. I guess it's something I mean it is like a power thing. I know that it's different uh they just want that control but it's it seems like a very you're trusting the uh individual victim here uh, a lot. You know what I mean?
1: Maybe that's something they want. Maybe they want a trust but also built on distrust. I don't know. I don't know what these people want. That's crazy. I guess it's like I'm happy to say I don't understand that. <laughs>
2: see, you know what I'm thinking now? I just had a brain blast, okay? What? I'm thinking that maybe it works the other way as much as it is about trust with them. Maybe in the victim's eyes, they see it that way. They're like, well, they're trusting me to do this. So therefore, if I do it, oh, I'll shit. get out.
1: The most intense form of reverse psychology.
2: That See, it's a mind game. Because it's like, if you know you're going to die, you wouldn't do it. Because now they have nothing to lose. They're going to die one way or the other. But the fact that there's a chance that you can get out, it seems that oral sex is that gap where it's like, if I do this... Maybe they won't kill me.
1: Yeah, and we all know that, like, uh, Gacy, as we said in the last episode, like, has a way with words. He, like, can schmooze. Like, he's a... He's a, he's a... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? He's a...
2: A manipulator. He
1: manipulates, you know? Uh, yeah. So, Con man. I guarantee, like, with the police badge, he was, like kind of blackmailing the guy into, like, insinuating, like, you should do this or you're probably going to get in trouble. Like, yeah. one of those things.
2: See, that's it. That, I, I correct my own code. I'm glad I asked the question because I never would have thought about that. But that's it's just a, a mind fuck, for lack of a better term. That's what it is. No, he did
1: good. Unlike Gacy, he did a lot of bad stuff. Uh, these charges for this one, uh, it, and, again, this was just over a year after he got out of prison – he was charged again, and these charges were dropped due to the young boy somehow blackmailing Gacy during the trial. I wonder which how I, that works. I don't. I really don't understand like that or what went down. But I mean, there you go. I guess.
2: So wait, wait. wait but let me let me ask the the question. I'm I'm playing the viewer here.
1: I probably don't have an answer.
2: I know. I just want the setup. So the, in the trial. Uh, the kid is blackmailing Gacy into not saying something.
1: I don't know. I I think he may have been like blackmailing him in saying that I don't know. I honestly have see, that's the thing. I have no idea how this went down or why the charges got dropped for the blackmailing going the other way. Like maybe he was trying to get like money from him to for like to drop the charges outside of the court. Or something like that? See, I'm
2: immediately going back to sex, and I'm thinking that this is the 70s, you know, and it's like if you testify, that's public record. And he didn't want to testify that he was a homosexual.
1: Also a very plausible thing.
2: That, that is something that happens in some of these cases where it's like they would almost rather live with that than openly admit to the public and their families that they are a homosexual. Yeah, that's a pro- again. This goes back to what I said. It's a product of the times. It's a very different world. That it,
1: yeah, it's I mean, the
2: same world, but the values were very different.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, so uh, many of you may be thinking uh, he's definitely violating his parole, and you'd be right to think that. Uh, but apparent- a plus for you, gold. Yeah, stickers. good, good. You yeah, but apparently the Iowa Board of Parole didn't hear about these incidents. Because, I guess, Chicago just didn't tell them.
2: That, again... This
1: is this is the first problem with uh, a jurisdiction of one state sending like the person that they're prosecuting or putting on parole to a different state. It's like they're probably not going to talk to one another.
2: No, that, that's a very good point. Which is
1: exactly what happened.
2: And, it, again, you hate to say it, but in, in the true crime world, you run into this quite a lot when state lines are crossed.
1: Even within cities. Like Oh, yeah. L.A. specifically, in, in a lot of cases that come to mind, but there's just too we'll probably many, do episodes on those.
2: There's too many things that happen that sometimes things just kind of slip through. And the issue with that is that on occasion, yeah, I mean, things are always going to happen. But when you re- Things happen all the time. When you really look at history, you understand that this slight mistake led to the deaths of over 30 people. Um it's whoever dropped the ball on this is has blood on their hands as well. They're not a murderer, but
1: Many people have dropped the ball throughout this story. Uh except for most of the victims. Hey, Grant, what'd you think of that? I like that. Thank you. Alright. Well anyway, so after this uh, Gacy's after Gacy's parole ended, the criminal history was simply filed away and forgotten. It was uh-huh. basically under lock and key. So uh he's just he keeps on going. So after Gacy's parole was up. He used the money that he'd saved working as a cook and some money that his mother had loaned him to buy the forever infamous 8213 West Sunnydale Avenue.
2: Sunnydale. What an inappropriately appropriate name, you know? Yeah. You th- I think of like Toy So Story. unsuspecting, you know? It's like, ooh, Sunnydale. Well, I guess that is the thing. You always hear shit like that. and That's where always the most fucked up shit happens. Yeah yeah it's shady acres that's the retirement home where that guy murdered 30 old people it's like
1: oh wow wow it kind of makes me think of uh sunny Sunnyvale trailer park from from trailer park boys oh so that's kind of nice it's just kind of a bunch of light crime but it's 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 charming it's so so much
2: light crime that it almost becomes big crime
1: yeah but no this is this is summerdale avenue uh He killed a lot of boys in this. It was a ranch-style home in Norwich, unincorporated Cook County, Chicago. Cook County! Cook County, that's us. So, his mother uh, also moved in there with him. So here, he made a reputation for himself as a helpful neighbor, always lending tools and plowing snow for free. uh, Hosting annual parties with, like, hundreds in attendance, including politicians and he even got married to his previous high school girlfriend, who is now a divorcee with two young daughters, Carol Hoff. Ooh. So he has another wife, after he lost the first one for touching kids.
2: Damn, he is just making the rounds, you know?
1: He, He knows how to get what he wants.
2: There is something about that, that schmoozing behavior, you know? It's like, when you have these personality traits, you either... It goes one of two ways. You either become a really successful person in the field of business or whatever whatever line of work you choose. Yep. you tend to have extreme success, or you go the opposite way and you're just a very diabolical human being. I guess you could he be. He chose that. the latter. I guess you could be diabolical in the other world, but your crimes are a lot less personal and probably affect a lot more people.
1: Yeah, crime isn't good no matter how it is. No, because I mean, you got to think it's like unless it's like pot or something. You
2: know, you got to think of think of it this way, okay? John Wayne Gacy <clears throat> murders three hundred people,
1: right? He didn't, but let's just say.
2: Uh, or no, I actually I jumped ahead of myself. I was thinking of the other. I was thinking they he killed thirty, yeah. not three hundred.
1: Say you're thinking like Garavito right now? What no, you? No, I'm
2: thinking of. The, obviously the prime example would be Nestle, the corporation, you know. And oh, they Nestle, fucked up quick, Yeah. And they fucked up all those people taking their fresh water source. You gotta think, they're probably responsible for at least three hundred deaths, right? But that at least it's like you gotta it's six and one half dozen in the other. This guy's murdering people. They're not actually murdering people, they're just responsible for it, you know? it's all about wording <laughs> Oh,
1: okay. they didn't actually
2: go there and kill those people but you know what they did led to them dying yeah so. yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, isn't the world terrible it's, it's not very good
2: it has it's issues I will say that it, there's it certainly there's some bad does. stuff
1: in there but uh, yeah let's see so he was, he was getting remarried he was divorced he is Carol Carol Hoff alright so it was after the engagement to Carol that her daughters moved in her and her daughters moved in Uh, And Gacy's mother moved out, and they were married on July 1st of 1972.
2: Bye-bye, Mama Gacy.
1: Yeah, this house was the location of all of his murders, every single one, according to Gacy.
2: And I'll tell you what, I know it's hard to... There's certain serial killers where you believe what they say, and there's some where you don't. He kind of rides that middle line for me. When it comes to the victims, I tend to believe him.
1: Yeah, it's it's not like a, a Henry Lee Lucas sort of thing, where it's like they were kind of holding him captive for for confessions. Like he definitely killed people, but he confessed to like so many. Yeah, it was just like yeah, and fuck like it. he was they he was like a four pack a day smoker, and he needed coffee every five seconds, and they were keeping it from him unless he would say shit. But anyway, that's getting into a whole different story. Yeah, but Gacy, yeah, that's I all believe. to say. I think I would believe Gacy as well. Yeah,
2: he he seems to. It, it, it's very similar. It's funny that they're both from like roughly about forty minutes away from each other because him and Dahmer yeah. kind of share this thing where they show their human side while also still being crazy psychotic people. Yeah, and that you. I don't know. Maybe that's a human thing, but it's like when somebody will openly share their craziest shit you tend to believe them you know because it's like well they already told me this so why would they this thing's less severe so why would they lie about that
1: you know yeah but then that could also be used to you know to gain trust i don't know so many different variables but this is what he said and we're just gonna go with that so shortly after getting married however that uh gacy started his own business Shortly before after getting married. Sorry, shortly before getting married. He started his own business. It was a construction business called PDM. Penis butt mouth. It, it was a D, but oh. that, penis dick mouth. Hey, Yeah, that's fine. Hey, all right, there we go. Uh, but it's painting, decorating, and maintenance. Yeah, okay. Is what it actually he's stood He's painting for.
2: the walls with blood and cum. He's decorating his house with your skull, and he's maintaining your corpse.
1: He really just does sound like Bob Berdella, doesn't he? He, yeah, he, they
2: share they, uh, a
1: lot of similarities here.
2: They they kind of, well, I wouldn't say they look similar, but to me, in my head, they both smell the same.
1: That's fair. No, yeah, I, I could see that. I
2: can imagine that they both just smell like a very greasy truck stop hamburger, you know? And not like a good one, not when you're hungry and you're like, oh, that would No, hit it's made spot. of like
1: a young boy's thigh or something.
2: Yeah, it's like it's really like rank, kind of foul meat. but Not it's, cooked, not it's, cooked. It smells like barbecue, but it smells like, you know, a baby made that barbecue and it's like got
1: Play-Doh in it. A baby made the barbecue. <laughs> all right, yeah. No, I can see that. But all right, so uh, PDM. All right, this business. This business started as an afternoon way to make extra money. Uh, after his shifts as a cook in the mornings. And in uh, few sh- a few short years, uh, it blossomed into a bustling business wherein he was working 16-hour days. Damn. Isn't that crazy? So he, uh, he then was made supervisor of a drugstore remodeling company uh, called P.E. Systems. So Gacy, throughout the 70s, would pretty much have multiple like highly lucrative projects going all at once all right, at all any right. given time.
2: So, this guy was, uh, in the words of, you know, 2020, this guy's a hustler. You know, he's got the...
1: Yeah, I mean, like, regardless of all the, like, unspeakably vile and brutal shit that he did, like, we'll get into shortly. Uh, not that he hasn't done some vile shit up to this point, but it gets way worse. Uh, oh, yeah. One thing is for sure, and that's Gacy worked hard as fuck. It was actually good at what he did, it seems.
2: Yeah, that it's almost like... The energy that he was saving by not raping and killing, he was just putting into work so he didn't have to be a person.
1: Yeah. No, it makes sense. Now, uh, let's get into some terrible shit.
2: Just a little bit of it. Just a
1: little bit of it, yeah. So, with construction jobs comes young men. And Gacy was fully aware of this, right? And he took advantage. With the business growing and expanding, Gacy's work began taking him all around the country. And this the, the first notable instance of Gacy's lack of character development in this business uh, comes from a short story where he uh, and a young male employee were in Florida for work. Right? Ooh, they had a job out there.
2: Retreat. It's like that office episode where that chick tried to sleep with Jim, you know?
1: Oh, yeah. And he was like, nope. Not gonna sit on the bed with you. You just showered.
2: It's like that, but it's Gacy and a young construction worker.
1: I think we've talked about this, but fucking Jim and Pam were just bullies.
2: Yeah, they're not. They,
1: they just were like uh, people that say like, "Oh, they're the perfect couple." It's like sure, you can love someone and still be like a piece of shit. Gacy's a good, <laughs> good example of that. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. But anyway, yeah, Jim and Pam suck. But he's good for not cheating. On. Anyway, let's see what, where, where are we? Where are we? So they were, they're in Florida, right? Gacy and this young male uh, employee. Apparently, while there, the two had gotten a bit stoned. All right, they got a bit stoned on the reefer, and uh, Gacy began talking about how liberal he was sexually.
2: I can imagine. <laughs> can you ima- Like, put yourself in this situation. Now, if you have a, if you're a male and you have a female boss, think if your boss was the same sex as you. Okay. And just picture your boss or your supervisor or somebody that's in charge of you, even if it's for a short period of time.
1: And a five nine, like, 260-pound man.
2: Yeah, they take you, you know, you're on this, like, work thing, you're doing stuff, and they light up a joint, so you're already like, All right, this is, like, weird, but, you know, we're This is not
1: work-related at all, it seems.
2: And then that person just looks over at you, and they're like... You know, I'll do anything, right? Like, sexually, I'll do anything. I'm super
1: liberal sexually.
2: It's like, how would you feel in that scenario? You're like, uh, okay, um...
1: Yeah, and I think he took into account how he might feel because he went on to insinuate that the young boy's job kind of depended on uh, his participation in whatever he had planned. And what do you think he had planned, Grant?
2: Probably a lot of um how rape f- is the answer I'm thinking some decent maze I'm thinking a lot of things that probably uh aren't what this person had in mind
1: No he did not want to be raped but he was he was raped by John Wayne Gacy and then the, the two just returned to Chicago Yeah and I guess the kid confided in a friend of his uh who decided to go over to Gacy's home after they got back where he proceeded to beat the absolute fuck out of Gacy on his own front lawn. Nice. Isn't that nice? No cops involved. It was just the front lawn of his Norwich home. And Gacy's wife, Carol, was just like, uh, what the fuck was that? And apparently Gacy told her that he refused to pay him for a subpar painting job on a project.
2: Ah, uh, that's... That's what happened, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oftentimes they come and try to kill you, you know?
1: Things yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Over a couple bucks. But anyway, so yeah, that's awful. So that's one of the things he did in the in the business. Uh, so now I know I'm jumping around like a shit ton timeline-wise. But this, okay. ha- this has to be mentioned because it's like probably the most important, not important, but like the most well-known, like iconic thing about John Wayne Gacy. In the late 19, uh, in late 1975, Casey joined what was known as the Jolly Joker Clown Club. Yep. Okay. Uh, members of this club often performed at parades, fundraisers, children's hospitals, and the like.
2: <clears throat> oh, you yeah. Know, pretty much anywhere a clown is, uh, welcome. And not just a burden on the rest of the guests.
1: Yeah, you need a clown, you go to Joker, jo- Jolly Joker. You go to the JJJJJJJJJJJJJCC,
2: JJ JJCC.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. But no, so he developed two clown characters on his own, right? Patches the Clown and Pogo the Clown. Uh, apparently Pogo was the happy clown, while Patches was the more serious clown, which is stupid. Yeah, why would you That's need to stupid. be That's stupid, Gacy, serious? why'd you do that?
2: He's, uh, this one, he wants the Academy Award, okay?
1: (laughs) Patches is just contemplating life. But uh, so Gacy created his own costumes and makeup as well, and was almost never paid for his performances. Uh, Oh. Yeah, right? He later claimed that this hobby allowed him to kind of regress to his childhood, and he used this regression to entertain uh, at every event he could, like uh, stretching from... Private local parties to political charity events. So he was he was getting around in this costume. He would actually even on occasion go to the bars after his clowning gigs, still in like full makeup and costume. Hey guys, and who just wants like sit drink? there. Yeah, this isn't that fun.
2: Who wants to buy me a drink, guys? It's Like is that guy wearing a clown outfit?
1: <laughs> it's like he absolutely is. There's, oh my god, it's John. Um. You know what it's been long enough. It's been roughly like an hour and a half of content without a murder. I think it's time for the first murder Grant
2: yeah, I would you know I'll tell you this um there is one thing that I want to mention only because it it never really came up much in his story but it, it for some reason I think now because now politics is you know a hot topic it's something that's brought into almost everything we do,
1: even covid oh yeah (laughs) for some reason and
2: john Wayne gacy um was actually a very prominent member in like local politics uh to the extreme point that uh he actually got to meet a president
1: a president's wife as well he has a picture yeah yeah carter's wife
2: he got to meet mr peanut farmer himself he um it's not really important to the story i did just want to it's a little factoid that like it's often overlooked. It really means nothing, but it, it is interesting. It's like the he list.
1: was, it's just a testament to how like ingrained in society at large, like he was, right? And as just an individual, not people not knowing he was a criminal.
2: When you're going to multiple hundred dollars a plate dinners with you know politicians and meeting their families and them, it's often assumed that you're probably not out murdering and raping.
1: Yeah. Yeah, apparently. So that picture I was talking about with uh, it was Gacy and Carter's wife. Yeah. After like he got caught and everything, because he does get caught, um, that was like used as kind of like a super bad embarrassment for the Secret Service, because he had a pin that had an S on it, and apparently that was given to people that were quote unquote safe to be around, like these high level politicians. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of funny. But in their that's defense, that's kind of funny. I thought in
2: their defense, it's like at the time nobody knew. You know, it's not like he was in <laughs> oh, jail. Yeah. He was only
1: <laughs> he only went to jail once for the thing that he was then tried for three more times. Yeah,
2: but they weren't. These were adults. So they didn't think they had to worry. Oh it's yeah, yeah, sad yeah, food, yeah. You
1: know, no, yeah, it truly is. And politicians will get pedophilia. You'll listen to the Frankly cover up. Anyway, it happens. It does. It is not isn't that pretty. so bad. But uh so it was roughly 3 years prior to the inception of Pogo and Patches that John Wayne Gacy committed his first murder.
2: Ooh. Okay. Get the popcorn.
1: Get it out. So the first known victim of John Wayne Gacy was 16-year-old Timothy Jack McCoy on January 3rd of
2: 1972. Ooh, 72, baby.
1: Not a good year for this kid.
2: Wouldn't this story have been like way just nicer for everybody if it was like his first victim was himself, John Wayne Gacy?
1: That would, be... <laughs> that would have just made life it would, so much it, it would have made it a lot better, but the wording of it would be so much more haunting. What if that's like, how we. The first one was himself, and then. It's like, what do you mean, and then?
2: What if that's how suicide was like marketed, you know, as like they're a murderer they took their own li- like they didn't treat them they're like murders they're so committed
1: to murder that they killed themselves
2: if they were alive we would arrest them for murder but they're dead it's like
1: oh it's like goddamn we can't lock them up now
2: D- another one got away boys we missed the <laughs> jump we should have seen this one coming
1: all right so no, no, it was 3 days after new years uh, 1972 and apparently gacy had left a family party in the early uh, morning hours of january Second to go uh, to the Civic Center in the the Loop of downtown Chicago, we know that place. Yeah. Uh, to view an ice sculpture display.
2: I've actually seen those before. Really, uh, I haven't. In the winter, it, it's well, it's I don't necessarily think it's in the Civic Center, but it's like around, like in the yeah, loop. yeah. And they, I imagine I he was cool just shit. doing like a drive-by
1: sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, all right, so during this excursion, because yeah, you know, he's probably just driving. Uh, Gacy came across Timothy. At a Greyhound bus terminal.
2: Oh, how unfortunate for yeah, you, Timmy. Yeah. He
1: was on his way from Michigan to Omaha, Nebraska.
2: This is a little bit of foreshadowing on this guy's story, but literally everything about him and his murder is just really unfortunate.
1: It's super unfortunate. We'll get into it uh, right now. Oh God! All right, so Gacy lured Timothy into his car, saying that he'd uh, he'd take him on a you know a little sightseeing tour of the city. And that he'd give him a place to sleep, and he'd drive him back to the bus station in time for his bus. No problem. Uh, It also probably helped that Gacy had a few joints on hand.
2: Yeah, that'll that'll seal the deal with traveling teens, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah, it really will, it it seems. But yeah, the two smoked him as they they drove, and it was all fun and good. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So the two then returned to Gacy's home and supposedly went to sleep. Though, based on Gacy's track record, we can assume something probably more happened, right? Because it was never mentioned, but come on.
2: Yeah, and if it did happen, I have a feeling that it was slightly more consensual than the previous ones. Maybe not even... Based on
1: this next part, I'd say, yeah, probably. So, all right, here it is. So, Gacy woke up to Timothy in the doorway with a kitchen knife, okay? Not a good way to wake up, no matter who you are. But... Gacy leapt out of bed and made a beeline for McCoy. So Timothy, who was also McCoy. I don't know why I worded it this way. Timothy then put up his hands uh, in sort of a surrender-like position. You know, like putting his hands up like, I give. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he was still holding the knife. And apparently, while he was motioning his hands upward with the knife, he accidentally cut Gacy's forearm.
2: Not good. Okay.
1: So Gacy then proceeded to... Kick the shit out of this kid, okay? So Gacy twisted the knife from McCoy's wrist. He slammed his head against the walls. uh, He kicked him against the wardrobe, and then he started walking towards him. And it was then that McCoy kicked Gacy in the stomach, sending Gacy even further into a rage. And he reportedly exclaimed, Motherfucker, I'll kill you.
2: Yeah, that's probably about Uh, right.
1: Yeah, before wrestling him to the floor, straddling him, picking up the knife, and stabbing him multiple times in the chest. That's how you kill somebody. It is. Uh, it's effective. Um, so uh, wh- what do you think happened as he was murdering this young man, Grant?
2: I mean, I already know. You know, it's like okay, this right. guy.
1: Yeah. What do you guys think happened? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, that's right. He came hard as fuck. Yeah. He came in his pants. He described it as uh, a mind-numbing orgasm.
2: I can imagine. I'll tell you this, I've never uh I've never killed anybody and I've never, you know, done anything like that. Yeah. But if you're doing something completely unrelated to anything sexual and male or female and you ejaculate, it's got to be like an unmatched thing. You know, it's like oh that just like happened.
1: It just you just discovered this. It's like oh you hello. Just, it's like wow. But he, he said it was the sound of, like, the leaking blood gurgling into McCoy's lungs as he gasped for air that really uh, did it for him.
2: Yeah, that's too much. That's
1: just... It's a bit much, I, I'd i say. Uh, So Timothy McCoy was not completely dead at this point. Uh, but as he lay dying on Gacy's uh, bedroom floor, Gacy washed the knife in the bathroom sink before emerging to the kitchen. And he found a table set for two. Yeah, and an open carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on the counter. So this kid was making him breakfast, <laughs> and he just walked in absent-mindedly with a knife to be like, "Hey,
2: hey, thanks for
1: everything. I, hey, I have breakfast
2: you, for you. I made you some breakfast. I had,
1: he's just being a nice like guest." Um. And then Gacy threw the now dead body of Timothy Jack McCoy into the crawl space underneath his home, later to be covered in concrete.
2: Yes. Now I have a question. I, upon doing research, I've never really come across a specific answer for this instance. But I would like to know where was his wife? Like, what? How?
1: So it was. So, like I said, I apologize for like uh, jumping around in the timeline a little bit. This was before he married his new wife. But what okay. I don't know. That's why I couldn't is, figure it out. Though. Yeah. One thing that I don't know, though, is where his mother was.
2: Probably because they. Banging was, one out in the bathroom or something. Maybe.
1: Know. Maybe. Very, very loud and hectic morning to just kind of not notice.
2: They're a very sexually liberated family. You know what I'm I saying? I guess.
1: I fucking guess. But, uh, see, that was the first one. Okay. And the second one wasn't, like, crazy or anything either uh, it was like two years later in 1974 the victim remains unidentified but uh casey strangled him and then placed his body in the closet before burial uh you know uh, just killing him makes him come so that's all he really needs mm-hmm. uh so that for was now. the second one yeah yeah for now and then he later uh stated that the bodily fluids leaked from the victim's mouth and nose uh staining the carpet inside of the closet there so he was already learning because after this he would often stick just like rags or the victim's own underwear, like socks, in their mouths after uh, they died to prevent leakage.
2: Right now, before we before we go any further, there's there is something to be said about it. It's interesting to me that he waited a whole two years before the next victim.
1: Yeah i I didn't find many things on like how he felt. Like, um, let's say a day after the murder, because uh-huh. we all know he he experienced uh, euphoria with that, with that weird orgasm he had, and then he just took care of the body. But there's yeah. no like, how did you feel after that? Like, we don't know. But based on him like not wait, you know, based on him waiting for that long afterward to do the second victim, I'd say he was kind of freaking himself out.
2: I think that's a fair assumption. I think a lot of it, it would be. You're kind of waiting. It's the first time he's done anything like this, so you kind of got to see how it's going to play out. Like, are you going to read about it in the news? What's going to happen? You know, like how do you cover your bases on yeah. this? And you buried him. Yeah, he's in the crawl space, so it's like that's all well and good. But you got there's you got to be freaking yourself out. I can imagine.
1: Yeah, probably.
2: You know, like uh, th- this is a a relatively ish thing. You know. Um, but the internet kind of, it was a trend for a little bit where they talk about, uh, for lack of a better term, they call it the post-nut clarity. You know, like when you're... You, it's a real say, thing. It's a real thing. Let's say you're watching a particularly like odd
1: video for you and you're, you know, pleasuring yourself. You've been kind of working yourself up through multiple videos mm-hmm. and then you find this other one you're like, oh my God. And then when you're done, it's—it
2: it is almost immediate. When you're done, you kind of have this regret or sort of like, I can't believe I watched that. You know what I mean? Something like that where it's like... Yeah,
1: but in Gacy's case, it's like, I can't believe I stabbed that boy in the lungs. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, <laughs> Can you
2: imagine the post-nut clarity that Gacy had after this where it's like, it probably took him a good you know, couple minutes to recover from what just happened. And then when you're sitting there, it's like, holy shit, I just killed this yeah, guy. Yeah, devastating.
1: Devastating post-nut.
2: I'm not. I'm not saying I feel bad for him. I'm just curious as to what that. Oh, fuck that, this guy! What was that emotional reaction? You know, ninety seconds after the fact.
1: Yeah, uh, I have no idea. But there was a pretty wide berth between these two murders. But uh, he picks up pretty, uh, pretty, pretty <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I think he picks up a lot uh, in the in the following years. But I don't. Do we even want to go into like the other murders? Because we can't cover each. Of the 33 dudes, well, this will be like an eight-part series.
2: Yeah, no, there's almost no way, especially when we get into, what do they call it, like the cruising murders? Oh, yeah, dude, the cruising years? It's like that. It, it's so hard because he doesn't even know, like, the stories of these people, you know? It's
1: just boom, They're, boom, boom.
2: The thing with this is, so we have this two-year gap, so we can just assume in this two years... He's thinking about it. He's kind of worried about it, maybe, uh, some apprehension to do it again, but ultimately it does happen again, as
1: we see. Oh, very much so.
2: And the question is real, I mean, it's an unanswerable question, but it is, in those two years, were there victims that he, you know, had that perhaps nobody knows about? Um...
1: Like I said... I mean, it is possible, but these two boys, like, Timothy McCoy and the still unidentified second one, they were just drifters. Yeah. And based on, like, how Timothy McCoy, like, was acting in the morning, like, literally making him breakfast in his own house after, I mean, we are kind of filling in the blanks with what happened the night before, but, like, it seems like he may have been, like, a gay runaway drifter. Mm -hmm. And back then, especially... The police don't give a fuck about them. They no, they not at do all. not give a fuck and a lot of the times the families don't give a fuck about them.
2: Yeah, that's why they're gone. And it that's the thing. They don't nobody cared about drifters, nobody cared about gay people. If you're a gay drifter, you're absolutely you are below prostitutes. Like you are far below that. Yeah. Because the way they see it is that at least a prostitute's going to offer a service, okay? Yeah.
1: And even if uh, Timothy McGoy wasn't gay, Like, even if he was just being a good, like, guest and, like, you know, I'll make him breakfast, he did me a solid, like, whatever. Still, he's a drifter. Oh, yeah. And that's all it takes. You have to, like, you have to contribute to society in the eyes of the police Mm -hmm. for them to investigate you.
2: Now, Gacy, it's interesting to me because during this time, his life doesn't particularly change for the negative. If anything, it changes for the positive. It's He becomes, you know, as he keeps working, he's more and more successful. He started a
1: business. After the second murder, like a, a little bit after the second murder, he gets married again. Right. And, like, it's, it's fucking crazy, man. And he's trying to hide these stains from the leakage of the victims from his wife. And, I mean, all right, so I don't know if we should go into the rest of the murders. That would probably be a next episode thing. Mm-hmm. But one interesting thing is that uh, it, when he was married to his wife, uh, the second one, You know, uh, uh, Carol. Uh, In 1975, Gacy actually told his wife that he was bisexual. Ooh. And it was on the Mother's Day of that year that he informed her that that would be the last time that they ever made love.
2: Oh, well, how did she handle that information?
1: They got divorced. They got divorced pretty quickly, but it was uh, it was not just that, not just the sex, right? Um, apparently, she had seen him luring young boys into the garage. She started finding like wallets and shit, uh, like identifications of like young men just in the house, and she would confront him, and he'd be like, "Well, you know what? It's none of your business." And then apparently, what sparked the actual divorce was uh, a heated argument because she failed to balance the checkbook uh, properly. Oh yeah, because in October of seventy-five,
2: that's the biggest issue in the house is the checkbook was not balanced correctly. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it was Carol who asked for the divorce. So good for her.
2: Now you gotta, I mean, in this world that we live in, um, it's easy to say like, you know, how do you? How do you let shit like that go? Like, as a woman, you know, how do you find these things? These You have these curiosities. How do you just let them go? And it's... Again, it's hard because a lot of people, especially nowadays that are interested in this, they're, they're of the younger generation, you know?
1: Hi, kids.
2: They're from the... Yeah, I guess... Well, they're not really kids, but, like, they're from the 80s, 90s, even 2000s. It's like, this is why true crime stays so relevant because, you know, the generations keep picking up on it and they're they're interested in it. It's
1: like, wait, these people did what?
2: And it's very easy to misconstrue, but, I mean, this is a topic in all of the history episodes we do. It was, again, I hate to sound like a broken record, it was a different time. It was a different time. Women didn't really step out of their bounds like that, um... If you were to find this stuff or, you know, oh, there's a wallet from, you know, a a young man and your husband told you, you know, shut the fuck up, don't worry about it, you didn't really have many options.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's just a testament to how hard it was for a woman to, like, declare, like, to try to get divorced. She had to say that he, like, uh, committed infidelity with another woman to actually get the divorce finalized.
2: Right. So it's like... And you know that didn't happen. So she had oh, to Of course lie. not. That
1: wasn't in his wheelhouse.
2: And it's like that does take a lot of balls because it is. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's not okay. But the truth is, in the seventies, you talk back to your husband and they decide to beat you or hit you. There really isn't much that's going to be done about.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah, most people aren't going to say anything back then.
2: Yeah, they're gonna. The cops will show up and you know they'll help defuse the situation. But they're not going to arrest anybody, and they'll just
1: be like, all right. Yeah, the cops will then, like, nudge the guy in the ribs, like, my wife, too, or something like that. Uh Like, it's real fucked. It's not good.
2: So, yeah, it's like this, it took a lot of, it it took a lot of energy and time to do this. And, obviously, I don't think she knew uh, the full capability of his personality, because if she did...
1: um, Probably wouldn't have married him in the first place, but uh, luckily she got out of there and moved her two daughters into an apartment
2: and it's almost it it adds kind of to his mystique i guess that's not it's not a good word
1: you all know what we're saying though but i'd he, say mystique is a pretty accurate one
2: the fact that he you know was able to juggle all these different lives i mean he was a clown he was in in you know the he remodeling he was two clowns two clowns remodeling business uh was married had children
1: it's golf course in the prison he was democratic guy he met the president all these all the shit it's like this dude was juggling a lot ah, ah clowns oh
2: that i didn't even nice. realize that. i That's like good. it it's good play on words there but the fact that he was able to hide all these different parts of his life from everybody um it's really a testament to how important killing and this stuff was to him uh obviously you know it didn't start as an isolated incident it it's very progressive it goes from being interested in sex with men to being interested in sex with boys to raping boys to having sex with men to having sex with men and killing them and then to raping them and killing them you know what i mean yeah it's a very natural progression um I wouldn't and,
1: say natural but it yeah it's well, it's, it's it's predictable
2: yeah, yeah, natural. It, predictable and how?
1: Happens. Yeah, and how often he gets away with shit?
2: And it's 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 simple as the old it's the i the old adage of like you're out to eat and you have a piece of bread right and you're like mm, that's kind of good then you have it's the pretty salad good bread. then you have the salad the salads there then you have the steak then you have the nice sweet rich dessert it's just the way things progress and you then know you, you have you, a mint yeah you go from one to the next to the next. He followed the steps pretty much to a T. Yeah, um, I did learn a new word for the Big Lebowski fans out there. Uh, pedastry. I didn't know that that was a thing.
1: Pedastry.
2: Yeah, uh, pedastry uh, or a peder p e d a r. Oh, a ass? Yeah, it's it's essential. It's the same as a pedophile, but it's it's like the interest and in study of. The sex of young men and women.
1: Oh, so it's like a it's like a Pete Townshend sort of thing. Yeah, it's like I'm doing it for research. So like
2: the fact that in the movie oh, the no. Ben Lebowski, where he's like he's a petter. like it, I always was just like, oh, they're just saying you know a funny way of saying pedophile. No, it's a real thing. A petter is a thing.
1: Well, isn't that just charming?
2: So yeah, Gacy. Uh, the only reason I know that is because. In his eventual capture, they found plenty of material dealing with the study of pedestry, And, you know, that led to a lot of unearthing of like, oh, yeah, I forgot this guy raped kids before he did all this. Yeah. But.
1: Can't rape kids. Don't do that.
2: Don't rape anyone. No. I would say, why don't we do, we'll do one more murder. Let's get, you know, we did, we did uh, a whole episode last week. We'll throw one more in for the fans, you know. We'll Will give we? you your blood that you crave so much.
1: All right, all right, all right. We can do, uh, you want to do uh, John Butkovich?
2: Yeah, why not? Let's let's do but, right. Butkovich, man.
1: Butkovich. No, not two Ts, though, so it's not as funny. But it is kind of funny. Butkovich. But. Anyway, so on July 31st of 1975, another of Gacy's employees, John Butkovich, uh, he was 18 years old, so technically legal, still not good what he did to him. Uh, he was 18 years old. He was from Lombard, and uh, he disappeared.
2: Oh yeah, they follows follows suit, you know.
1: Yeah. So uh, Butkovich's car was found parked near a corner of Sh- uh, the corner of Sheridan and Lawrence, uh, with his jacket and wallet inside, and the keys still in the ignition. So the day before his disappearance, Butkovich had a con- had uh, confronted Gacy over two weeks outstanding back pay. Isn't that interesting? So he was an employee. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so Butkovich's father, he was apparently, like, an immigrant from Yugoslavia. Uh, he called Gacy, who claimed that he was happy to help search for his son, but, uh, he was also sorry that the Butkovich had run away, you know? He was just like, oh, help, uh, that's so terrible. Uh, when, uh, when questioned by police, Gacy said Butkovich and, uh, two friends of his had arrived at his house demanding the overdue pay. So he's like, all right, yeah, yeah, that, that happened. But they uh, they had reached a compromise, all right, and all three of them left, according to Gacy. Over the following three years, the Butkovich uh, uh, family, they called the police more than 100 times, mm-hmm. trying to get the police to investigate Gacy further. Um, and appa- they didn't. But apparently, Gacy later admitted to encountering Butkovich exiting his car at the corner of West Lawrence Avenue, waving to attract his attention. Uh, And according to Gacy, Butkovich approached his car, stating, I want to talk to you. And Gacy invited Butkovich into the car, then invited him back to his home. And they settled the issue over uh, overdue wages. So he kind of changed the story a little bit there. At his house, Gacy offered Butkovich a drink and then uh, conned him into allowing his wrists to be cuffed behind his back. And we'll get into this. A little bit, I don't know if it's today, but you can if you want, Grant. But uh, Gacy later confessed to having sat on the kid's chest for a while uh, before he strangled him. And then he stowed Butkovich's body in the garage, intending to bury the body later in the crawl space. Mm -hmm. And when his wife and stepdaughters returned, earlier than expected, Gacy buried Butkovich's body under the concrete floor of the garage. In an empty space where he had initially intended to dig a drain tile.
2: Ew. Ew, ew, ew. Um. I will. I'm gonna say this. We'll definitely talk about this more. Kind of the methodology of the how hand he would do things. Handcuff trick. But uh, I, I'll uh, you know, we'll give you a little bit just so you understand. Uh, it was sort of a game that he would play where he would handcuff himself with the keys, you know, hidden in his hand or in his fingers. And behind his back, he would escape. And then he'd be like, oh, I'll show you how to do this trick. And then in perfect, perfect, perfect horror movie fashion, he would finally convince you to do it. You'd get the handcuffs on behind your back. And he would say, you know, it really helps if you have the key. And he would show them that he has the key. And that's when it would begin.
1: That's the handcuff trick. He used that a lot. Yeah. Almost every time. Oh yeah! Uh, except for one instance where it didn't work, but I think that's for next episode. No, yeah, absolutely. Because it's just next episode is going to be the most brutal of all three of these, probably. Oh yeah, because it's just going to be endless. Our episodes just endless murder and handcuffs.
2: Our episodes will progress the same way that his murder bloodlust career uh, progressed as well.
1: It's true.
2: It will start off a bit rocky, then you know, in the middle you'll kinda of be like, Oh, maybe it's not so bad. Then it gets worse. You know, it's like oh and Then Oh
1: my god, he did it again.
2: Um The one thing uh about the Butkovitz uh incident, uh this actually kind of would lead to the eventual arrest and search warrant of John Wayne Gacy because uh believe it or not, an unnamed investigator in the case Never truly believed anything Gacy said and pretty much saw him as, like, the perfect suspect of who would do this. Um, and obviously nothing ever came of it, but eventually uh, this would, you know, he would be proven correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He had an eye for it. He was then pretty he in the did. right line of work. But uh, to any extent, that's the end of this episode. Part three coming at you next week. And I think we are going to be recording the Patreon episode that I missed for yesterday because I had a show. It was great. Great show to be back. Uh, We're doing live stuff. It feels amazing. And uh, Carver Commodore, they're a really cool band. They're touring. We opened up for them. Check them out. But we're probably going to be doing that Patreon episode uh, here maybe today. I think it's Mitch's birthday. That it is. And we're going to have our buddy Alex over here, so it's going to be a good time. Anyway, we are starting a cult. That's Grand Up Jake. You can follow us on all the shit. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're on YouTube. And there's a link below for the Patreon where you can listen to the episode that I just described.
2: Yes, we will be doing that. We'll be talking about Willie's Wonderland. We'll be talking about a lot of
0: different things.
1: Holy shit, it was amazing. All right, goodbye. Thank you. Bye, bananas, everybody. Bananas again.
0: Yes.